This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, we started the first half pretty bad, started the second half pretty bad. Uh, you know, so we're going to have to go back, look at it, see what we're doing wrong, um, and just make sure we're getting in, you know, the right mindset each, each time we step out there. Gardner Minshew, 351-yard day for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Two touchdowns. I'm still finishing up a little bit of an experiment because I wanted to wait and see until he had 16 starts under his belt. So I'm going to do the 16 starts that Gardner Minshew has. And, you know, he's got a little overflow of other games in there. Uh, But he's basically had a full season under his belt. Yeah. You know, and so the record now is sliding. See, the three losses, what you brought up, three losses is a big thing. Uh, But overall, the numbers are in some areas just unbelievable. Like, excellent. Again, Justin Herbert has those numbers. You're loving it. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. uh, any young quarterback has those numbers. You're not asking the questions we're asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of what we're in right now is this, what does it look like, feel like, and statistically look like? Yeah. You know, there's three different categories, in my opinion, in that sense. And uh, the conversation continues and the audition continues. This is just a month in. You know, the one thing about this season for the Jacksonville Jaguars is it is about Gardner Mitchell. You know, I know the defense stinks. I understand the team might not be good and, and doesn't look good and probably won't win a ton of games. And that's uh, bad, too, and add to the list of seasons that have looked like that and maybe another top 10 pick. But I do think if you have the long view of this year, what you're really trying to find out is number 15. Mm-hmm. And the season is really all about number 15 on a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what do you do, Right. Uh, because the way we're looking at things, I mean, you could have a new GM, a new coach, you could have a new quarterback, you could have a new everything in 2021. So uh, it's uh, it just depends what perspective you want to put it in. And not usually Monday after a loss is that perspective of this long, broad view. But I think Minshew continues to be a topic on a daily basis, and he should be. How is he playing is a constant question. How is he doing is a grade that needs to be given uh, every single game, every single week. Stevens on the line wants to talk a little bit about Gardner Mitchell. Let's get him in. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hope you had a good weekend, man. Uh, besides Sunday, yeah, pretty good. Uh, but if I say I, I got to agree with uh, Brent, I mean, you know, I believe he's put up good numbers. And some of the interceptions he's done, they've just been tip balls. They could go either way, flip of the coin, if you will, besides the one underthrow in Miami. But, I mean, yes, he has his rookie. You can see little mistakes that he still does. But he has put up good numbers. Now, this is something I heard earlier today during Jaguars drive time from Josh Ozier, uh, Brian Saxton, and Ashland. The past couple games, when he's throwing over 40 passes, he's not coming up with a win. And if you go back to Indianapolis, he just threw 20 passes, and he busted out a win. Uh, I don't think there's enough consistency between transfer from run to pass once they get in the second half they're just throwing nonstop. and i think when it comes down to that Minshew, that's the only thing when he's throwing 40 passes the game might not deliver especially when it with a defense that can't back you up all right thanks appreciate it steven uh yeah i, I do think there's that number that balance that everybody wants I, I get it i mean i don't know if that exists in this day and age anymore though either i don't know if like 27 for 40 didn't feel like he threw it too much to me. 
Yeah. You know, I, there are two two minute things going on there at the end of the half where you're always going to throw. Uh, if James Robinson gets to keep the 40 yard, I really believe there are two critical plays in this game. Well, I believe there are three on offense. I'll take away the defense, okay? Yep. I think there were three critical plays in the game. The 40 yard run taken back. If he gets that, now all of a sudden he's got 18 carries for 115 yards. Mm hmm. And you're probably feeding him a little bit more because now you're first and 10 on the 30, right? I think the pass that we're talking about with Minshew, that short hops O'Shaughnessy, is another big play because that then puts you ahead of the change. You're second and four or second and three. Again, handoff to Robinson. And that drive probably keeps going. The way they've moved the football this year, I have faith that that drive's going to keep moving. So that's probably another two, three, four touches somewhere along the way with those two plays for James Robinson. And now you're saying, oh, that's 22 runs with 40 passes Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. Uh, And then the other play that I thought was critical was the Eifert play. I mean, I just think if you're looking at the offense alone, not even in the context of the game, those three plays took probably points off the board. Uh, and it was a pop. It was a big pop at the end of that play. Again, I mean, he got up and you could tell he was. Sh- I thought he had a concussion. He went into the tent and then came back out, but uh, he was a little wobbly there. And, and I, I always, uh, I, I hate to say that he should. Like I even probably put it in context of a tweet wrong, like in terms of a drop. But it goes down as a ball that, to me, like a lot of guys do catch as well in the NFL. They hang on to that thing, and now it's first and goal from the two. Mm-hmm. So those three plays, to me, change a little bit of the balance, how much more you feel strongly about James Robinson running it four, five, six more times, how many more points they would have scored. Like if they had 35 points, what are we saying instead about – are we saying, wow, man, Minshew, <laughs> he does look like the real thing. I mean – I don't know. Well, or yeah. is it all W? You know, is it 35-33? It had to be instead of 33-25. Yeah. Listen, I, you know how I feel about it. I, I think wins and losses are the ultimate factor right now. I, I truly do. And but He's got no chance if that's the ultimate. Well, well if that's and, the only – And maybe I'm wrong, man. It might not, maybe, if it's the only factor, he's got listen, no chance. And, and maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that well, – let's say Doug Marone loses his job. They bring in a whole, and completely new staff. Maybe the staff's like, all right, well, they won three or four games this past year. But you know what? Let's go ahead and keep rolling with what we got because we'll see what happens. We can do it our way. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm just saying, usually the way the NFL works is if you're not winning games, regardless of the situation of who you have having your back, what your defense looks like, if you're not winning games, unfortunately, I feel like they tend to go in a new direction. Now, maybe for Minshew, it's an exception. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing it be an exception because, once again, I'm not, I'm not saying Minshew's a horrible quarterback. I don't want my words to get misconstrued here. All I'm saying is that I think that the most important stat on a quarterback's resume are the wins and the losses. And right now, unfortunately, Minshew has three losses this year. What's interesting, we did this exercise when we were in the sports office yesterday. We were like, well, 25 points isn't that bad, right? I mean, they had a missed field goal as well. And... Well, what would you have beaten? After the early games, I think he, they would have beaten like three teams based on the scoring. Mm-hmm. Everything's in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Everything's in the 30s. The funny thing about the Jags defense giving up 30 a game is like it's really not that far off from a lot of teams giving up 30. It just yeah. looks so much worse. Well, that's, it, that's the key. It, it's, yeah. it's just like the pace of it is so different. Mm-hmm. And But then you take in the afternoon games. I just counted the 25 points for the Jags would have beaten nine other teams in the NFL yesterday. 
and tied one more Philly, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of point output. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they would have won all those games because the defenses might have scored a lot more against the Jags. Well, but I'm just saying 25 points is enough to win in the NFL with a with a, an average defense. I mean, some of these defenses, the Colts have a good defense, the Rams have a good defense, but the Giants don't have a good defense, and they held the Rams to 17 points, you know. So, I mean, those are the kind of games you think if you can keep a team to 23 with this offense, you've got a really good chance to win games. Sure. And I, I want to touch a little more, too, on the stat. What was the, the, the over-under of how many passes he throws uh, where they win or they lose? I'm sorry. Like, what, what, what did Steven, Steven say? Yeah, what Steven say? I think it was like – I think he said when he goes over 40. I think 40 is what passes. he said. Okay, okay. So be it. You know, and obviously I think one would think, well, if you're passing under 40 – you know, per pop, that means that your running game is doing pretty good. Probably, right? yeah. You're line running game. And I think the running game actually did very well on Sunday. It's just you kind of abandoned it for whatever reason. The Those flow two of the series game. again. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the the flow of the game kind of took your running game out of it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You probably should have went back to James Robinson a little more and pounded the rock because he was having overall a pretty good day. But my point that I'm trying to say here is if you throw that stat at Russell Wilson, if you throw that stat at Dak Prescott, if you throw that stat at anybody else, you know, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, and you say, well, you know, what happens if Patrick Mahomes passes over 40 times a, a game? What's going to happen? Well, they, they're probably still going to get a chance of winning. Same thing with Russell Wilson, right? Like, I'm not, not sure. Not Dak Prescott. Not, not Dak Prescott right now, obviously. <laughs> uh, that's a good call. But, like, I guess my point is, like, now we have to put a cap on it where it's like, all right, well, he's a good quarterback. As long as he doesn't throw over 40 times. Come on, we, like, we can't get wrapped up in that kind of analytic, no. in my opinion. See, to me, that's the beauty of this. This is what shows you you have a quarterback that I'm okay with him throwing it 35, 40 times. Yeah. That was a stat that you needed to do with Blake Bortles. Sure. If Bortles threw it, I remember, I did the work on it. I remember the, the Brent Sports Bureau did this. And <laughs> because Brent Sports I, Bureau. It was like over 28 passes. 28 was the number. Yeah. If Blake kept it under 28 passes and they used Leonard Fournette, then they were very effective, very effective. As soon as he got, they got a little muddy between like 28 and 32. And when he went over 32, well, now you've raised the risk because of some of the throws that he makes that turnovers were going to happen that much more. Yeah. See, this guy's throwing it. He's throwing 40 times a game and he's still 72%. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a little bit the way of the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Philip Rivers throwing 78% of his passes for completions. Why? Because everything's sideways and that's the way the NFL is. Well, a lot of guys, if you look at the stats, a lot of guys' completion percentage is way up. Now, some of the problem in Philadelphia is like Carson Wentz's is way down. Correct. So I'm not saying some teams don't have the problem. But Minshew throwing it 35 times, I don't think that means you lose. Uh, I, I think he can. he's capable. And I think that's a good thing. He can get into a shootout with somebody, go up and down the field, and usually get it done. I think what in this particular game, I think if you go back to Tennessee, he made a couple of mistakes. He had his, that awful sack, mm-hmm. and he also ended up with the pick that he throws into the line of scrimmage. When he Again, that's an opportunity as a quarterback, which he's already delivered on a couple of times, comeback wins, yep. and that one he didn't get it done. All right, that's the NFL. Well, this time around, I think that third quarter, those two series, again, that throw to O'Shaughnessy and the timing of when it happened was a big play in the game. They got rattled and out of sync for a couple of series after that holding penalty against James Robinson. They didn't maybe go back to Robinson enough. So between Gruden, Minshew and the offense, they got out of sync for two series. And with this football team, the way it's constructed, game over. Yeah. It was game over. Yeah. That's when they lost the game. Now, that wasn't their fault. Their defense still stinks. That's what lost in the game, but they couldn't keep up because they had an off 
couple of series. Yeah. And so that's well, just the way it's built. And and you well, you and need them to elevate then. True. You need them. Yeah. Those guys, you're talking the Russell Wilsons. Dak Prescott almost brought them back because he elevated his game in the second half. True. He said, we're not going to sit here and just lose 41 to 10. We're going to watch this. We're going to come back and maybe beat you. I got something you. to say about it. No, you're absolutely right. But like. And listen, you're absolutely right. Like this is the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, right? They're like a they're like a Swiss watch, right? And they have all these cogs in it. And when one of the cogs something happens and it blows, the whole watch goes to you know what? Let's just say, okay. And then that's what this team is right now. Where if you have a bad squib kick, if you have a turnover, like yeah. a holding a, call, a holding call, like yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like if you have one, you know, penalty, you're done that's essentially. And not every single NFL team is built no, like that. No, it's a good point. I, every, I mean, usually NFL teams are built, okay, adversity here. You know what? Let, let, let's be better than that. Let's overcome it, and we'll win this ball game. Unfortunately, right now, from what I see from these Jaguars, they can't do it. And yeah, the margin of error is just that thin. So thin. And, and that's why, again, I think that goes back to the whole idea of this conversation. I, I wonder if we're getting our, our look of Minshew even skewed from that because yeah. you, the margin for error is so thin that now we're saying, all right, dude, you better be perfect or, or you're just not the franchise guy. I mean, no, if I'm, you don't score every drive, then you're just not the franchise guy. Are we saying that is, is my curiosity. He might not be the franchise guy. I just wonder if in a game like yesterday, we're almost saying that, hey, you can't take a series off. Yeah. You have to be you have to be better than that. <laughs> and listen, if we look at Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, other guys, they probably had three and outs yesterday. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, maybe just not at the critical time. Josh yeah. says, I'm starting to wonder if he has an undisclosed injury. He throws a look a little awkward. Maybe I'm just looking for something. Josh, I don't see that. I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he has had a couple of throws that look a little awkward. I, I believe that. Uh, I thought a couple of weeks ago is the, the ball was sailing on him early yeah. in the game. Uh, so I don't know. But I, he looks healthy to me. I, I don't think there's anything up there. Uh, let's see. Uh, tell me this. Outside of the top eight QBs in the league, how many QBs could have done much better in the game this weekend? If the number is not many, then that will direct uh, answer, directly answer your question. And Out of the top eight, you said? Yeah. That, somebody That's else asked. driving uh, for. I mean, so, you got to get a top eight QB. Well, I think right now the Jags would be happy with like a top 12 to sure. 14 QB. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in the league. Uh, but – is that good enough? And that's a fair question. Uh, it, 12 to 14, or can you have the next big thing, which might be Trevor Lawrence? That's yeah. the question people are asking. Uh, what do you think of Justin Herbert in comparison to Minshew? Says uh, King Bean the Goat. All right. <laughs> King Bean the Goat. Did you watch the, the game? Yeah. I mean, it Dude. looks looks pretty good, right? I mean, guy went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. And at the end, Tom Brady showed you why he's Tom Brady, why he's the GOAT. But – um. I thought we saw vast improvements in a, in a big day from Justin Herbert. But 20 to 25 for uh, 290, and he had a couple of huge plays. Well, but again, uh, had three touchdowns, and he did have a pick. Got he sacked did, a couple of times. But keep in mind too, his safety blanket, his biggest security deposit, Austin Eckler goes out goes early down. in the game. I mean, that guy's the ultimate security deposit goes the, down. The fact that they went toe to toe. Now in the second half, they scored seven points. Sure. So when it was money time to really, he, he had one sequence where he competed toe to toe with Brady. Yeah. You know, because Brady answered 28, 24, then he comes back and throws. And so everybody's like, Oh, Herbert, man, he went toe to toe for, Br-. okay. They scored seven points in the second half. Yeah. I mean, did they really do well, enough? I mean, okay. they were up 24 to 7. I mean, yeah. you got to keep your foot on the gas. Well, yeah, but they also ran the ball a lot more in the second half than they did in the first half. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, the game script changed. It's like, all right, well, let's just hold, maintain, not yeah. throw interceptions. And, safe. and, and yeah. then they kind of eased the reins off Justin Herbert a little bit. Yeah, listen, I think Herbert looks good. Sure. But if you're asking me if I would take Minshew or Herbert right now, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, yeah, Herbert, all day. No, no, I, I, yeah. I'll take Minshew. 
You you have Herbert. I'll take Minshew. Not I'm you. Not, I'm just no, saying, no, if, yeah, if you, uh, L.A., you can have Herbert, and I'll take Minshew right now, and I'll ride with that. Sure. So, I mean, I'm, yeah. Fair it, enough. It's, it's fair enough. It, it's, a, it's a lot like, oh, listen, we do our report cards tomorrow. Yeah. But right now, Minshew, Daniel Jones, Minshew. Minshew, Locke, Minshew. Mm. Minshew, uh, what else we do? Kyla Murray? Yeah. I understand people, would, yeah. but I'll take Minshew right now. Kyle Murray's take electric, take but I'll take him. Yeah, okay. Uh, right now. What? All right. Uh, we'll get into that tomorrow. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Joe Burrow. No, but see, I think I would take Burrow. Really? And, and he didn't do anything to wow me yesterday, mm-hmm. but I think I see it in him. I think I see something a little different. Mm. Like I do, if I'm being honest. And, and by the way, when I say that about Murray, it's probably more just um, Team Murray, Team Minshew. But I think long, I, I don't. I still am. I'm not as sold on Murray. Yeah. Uh, although I think nine out of ten people, ninety nine out of a hundred people, probably would sit there and tell me Murray. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Uh, he's electric and he does some things that Minshew definitely can't do. Yeah. Right. And, and that's what you got to ask yourself. That's what you got to ask yourself. By the way, when you're talking Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, does he do things that? Maybe Mitchell can't do it. It's not his fault. He's still a good quarterback. Sure. But if you want to be great, well, if you're striving for greatness. Keep in mind, though. I mean, Kyle Murray can do a lot of things that Tom Brady can't do, but Tom Brady seems to be doing just fine. Well, that's true. You know? Doesn't Kyle Murray can do a lot of things. He's explosive. Doesn't make him a great quarterback. He might not Correct. win big in this league. Jackson, same way right now. I mean, Jackson's kind of regressed a little bit. I mean, it's still very early in the season. But Lamar Jackson, after his MVP you know, campaign last year, he's, he just, he, I think he's okay right now. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and I think that's what we try to do is we tell the story of these guys too early. Mm. Like Patrick Mahomes, you can start telling the story, okay? He's done enough. It's evident. Uh, you know, I, I still, I said this to you last year, even after Lamar Jackson won the MVP, I still think you're gonna be, you, you want a couple, a little bit more of sample size yeah. to figure out if he's actually the guy. Because I think defenses will adjust. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of yeah. like that, I feel like that to Kyla Murray. Yeah. And by the way, defense have adjusted a little bit since the first two weeks to even Gardner Minshew, mm-hmm. right? They've tried to keep him in that pocket. You know, let him scramble out a little bit. Make it tough for him to see some of those things. Yeah. Take some things away from him. Yeah. How is he going to respond to that? That's fair. Well, and listen, and in terms of that Cardinals-Panthers uh, game, who knew the kryptonite of, of a Big 12 Kingsbury offense would be a Big 12-style defense in that rule, man? Yeah. But they, they did a great job. Carolina, by the way, very impressive. Teddy Bridgewater. You know, and we slept on the Bridgewater part of it because you just don't know what you're going to get with Bridgewater. Yeah. How much was a flash in the pan? But Bridgewater's done enough. Rules getting him to play hard. They've been good defensively. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about the NFL. Uh, actually, we can do it right now. I mean, the, the NFL in general, you're not getting a lot of defense. We got it in the afternoon games. Yeah. But I think Rule in Carolina, last week's game against the Chargers, played some pretty good defense. Sure. I think this week against Kyler Murray and that offense, yeah, they gave up some explosives, but they actually limited him. They kept every, had a great game plan. Yeah. And to win that game, I think Rule and, and Carolina are doing a fantastic job after starting 0-2 and, and looked like they'd be in the tank conversation. Listen, and shout out to Teddy Bridgewater, man. Like, I, I was watching a lot of that game, obviously, because I got my starting quarterback going, my fantasy team. I had to watch that. But, uh... Teddy, I don't know. I don't know if he's the reincarnation of Michael Vick, but six carries all of a sudden, 32 yards with Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater might run a six flat 40. Not even exaggerating. Like watching him run out there, but for whatever reason, the Cardinals couldn't tackle him. So it was a very impressive win by the Panthers. Yeah. Props to them. Yeah, and and they've kind of taken themselves out of the tank conversation. Right now, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Because they would fit the bill. They gave Teddy Bridgewater like a one-year deal, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. They're 2-2 two so, two right now. And they're 2-2. Two and two. Um 
You know, some of these guys I know who I didn't compare to. Dwayne Haskins, you know, actually had his best day as a pro. Yeah. And, and throwing the football. Daniel Jones, let's go ahead and throw him in the mix quick. That's that's your boy. Yeah, they still yeah, keep Well, yeah. we, we did that. He's better. Yeah. Mitchell, you take over Daniel oh, Jones. Yeah, that's what we said. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, but I think I would, I mean, Mitchell, I'd take over Haskins, but I'm just saying Haskins is progressively getting a little bit better. Yeah. I'm still yeah. not sold on him. I know there, there was a lot of concern about turnovers, but he had a pretty good day yesterday. I mean, it's 32 See, 45, 314. Now, I didn't watch every game. So, yeah. again, you would say the same about Mitchell. Ha- yeah, exactly. Right? What I don't did know it look like? I don't know. Yeah, you know it's that's what we say and what we argue a little bit about Kyler Murray. You look at the stats and you're like, hey, pretty good. Three touchdowns, yeah. I think, a, another long run. But come on, man, you're throwing it four yards a pop. You're not even doing anything. Well, and to be fair, I mean, Kyler Murray, he's got a lot of weapons at his disposal. I mean, so does Gardner Minshew, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Minshew's got yeah. a lot. But I think like Haskins, and then we can put. I mean, obviously, it doesn't really fit the mold, but like Sam Darnold as well. Like, what do they have really? It's you a know? fair point. And it's like, yeah, and they're gonna. And to your point, Sam Darnold's gonna be done after this year, probably. And he probably didn't get any help around him. <laughs> And somebody else will take a chance on him because, yeah. like, hey, we'll put him in a better situation. We think he's a little bit better than this. Sure. And maybe he ends up being good. Yeah. Like, that second dance for Sam Donald, depending on the situation, could be pretty good. Sure. You know. Or uh, it could be like Josh Rosen. Or it could be like Rosen. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Sometimes you just don't know. And that's what I guess we're asking with Minshew. Do we not really know because the defense is so porous? It's not that he doesn't yeah. have weapons. It's that the defense is so porous right now that it's hard to even judge your offense and your quarterback. Let me ask you this. And I'm trying to think back as much as I can. Has there ever been a circumstance with, like, a Sam Donald situation or even, like, a Garner Minshew situation this year where instead of going with a draft, they actually waited to find out, is he indeed the guy? And it worked out? Like, I mean, obviously, it's a pretty specific scenario. Um, you don't have to do I'd a research on it. Yeah. I'd have to think. Uh, I would say outside of a very few circumstances, I would think if, heck, even the Giants right now, the mm-hmm. Jets, the uh, Broncos, say, maybe the Jacks, right? Mm-hmm. Even though they feel like, hey, you know, we might have a guy that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. In this situation, if they had the number one pick, they're all taking Trevor Lawrence. I think if you ask like Houston tanks and they get one in fifteen, they're trading a boatload of picks. Oh, away. they're going to have a king's ransom, right? Yeah, for Deshaun Watson, and yeah. they're trying to help him out. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even talked about it yesterday in the show, like Cincinnati. What if they do? What if they're bad again? Mm-hmm. Well, you trade them all away and you go get offensive linemen and another weapon and another yeah. this guy and another. Well, then it makes sense. You already got your guy. Mm-hmm. Then you trade away and you get a bunch in return. Uh, but very few teams it makes sense to do that. I mean, you got to have your quarterback essentially locked up dollars-wise. Yeah. I think the most fascinating one would be like a two. Two are really fascinating. Well, really three. If Atlanta continues to struggle, Minnesota struggles, and they end up somehow with a a, a top pick like that, or Philadelphia, because Ooh. all those guys oh. have paid their quarterbacks. Yeah. So would you then still take that next quarterback? And and Philly's the most interesting because Carson Wentz is young. Sure. Ryan, you could argue, okay, he's old enough. Let's go get a new guy. Uh, cousins, that we gave him enough chances. Let's go get a new guy. But those teams that have paid, yeah, yet still might stink and end up in that spot. Yeah. Those are the interesting. I, I just you. don't see. I think those guys are too good to end up in that spot. Like Wentz, Ryan, and and Cousins, unless they get hurt and have to go to their backup QB, mm-hmm. they're not ending up in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. No, I, I well, find it hard well, to believe. Again, I he mean, can't even try. Well, once again, with Wentz though, it, it's the Dak Prescott effect. Like he's built up equity. Remember, there was a time before Wentz got hurt. He was in the MVP Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And you give him all this money, so I feel like they're they're kind of pot committed right now towards Wentz. Well, and, and let's be honest though, but he hasn't played like himself this year at all. I mean, even that 49ers game last night, he had some struggles. You know, yeah. so. And they're beat up around. Good observation. They are. Yeah. Uh, They're beat up around. Uh, Quick thought about the NFL. I mean, how about the Cowboys? A one and three. Mm. It's unbelievable. 
Yeah. Are you surprised? Mike Nolan's their defensive coordinator. Like, we're talking about Todd Wash around here. Like, in the Big D, with Mike McCarthy, with, with Jerry Jones? It's got to be a little pride there, guys, huh? Are you yeah, surprised? Like, unless I missed it, did they fire him? I, I mean, is there oh, Mike no, Nolan? I mean, no, is a no, defensive coordinator? I mean, do they have to make a move? I have no idea. They're lucky they play in the NFC East. <laughs> I know. They're tied for first, right? <laughs> well, no, they're right. actually in second. Oh, second the place. Eagles are in first at one, two, and one. Ah, uh, that's right, because they have the tie. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, to me, like, that was supposed to be the, the, the breakout of the Cowboys. Like, all right, you guys, we had a kind of a rough start. This is who we are right now. Well, who, sh- who you showed you are is you got curb stomped by the Cleveland Browns. Now, Cleveland Browns may be on the rise a little bit, but let's be honest. If you're the Cowboys, you've got to win that game. And let's be honest, if, if you're a Cowboys fan right now and we're talking Mike McCarthy, and listen, you can ask Packer fans about this, but it's more of the same right now in terms of how that defense is operating and how you know undisciplined they are in the first half. I get Mike McCarthy. And listen, I have nothing against Mike McCarthy at all. Remember the whole thing, though, in the offseason with Wells Mike McCarthy? Analytics. Like, I, I changed my whole philosophy yeah. around. BS. Okay, because at the end of the day, you are who you are. Okay, so you can say you're going to evolve to this or evolve to this. But at the end of the day, your, your style is your style. And, like, that's ingrained in you, in my opinion. You just can't change it. And what you're seeing right now in Dallas is a lot what you saw towards the end in Green Bay. Now, yes, McCarthy went to the Super Bowl with the Packers one year. He had some pretty good years, to say the least. But I'm just saying... If you're in Dallas right now, you aren't liking what you're seeing. Uh, two other questions. Uh, can the Colts win this way in this era of offense? Their defense might be the best in the NFL. Well, it is statistically. I, it still doesn't jump out of me. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm afraid of that defense. But they've been they, good. Well, and they also played the Jets one week. So well, that's They played the Jets. <laughs> they played a struggling Minnesota team. And they played Chicago, who's inept on offense pretty much sure. most of the time. But uh, that's, they're, they're they're winning 1911. Mm. So are they smoking mirrors here a little bit, or can you win like this in the NFL still? Because I question you can when everybody's scoring 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think eventually it catches up with you, right? I mean, this is an offensive-driven league, Brent. You know, and if you can't at least go toe for toe, I don't care how good your secondary is. I don't care how good your linebackers are. I don't care how much Justin Houston's rushing right now. At the end of the day, you got to put up points. I feel like in this league now, once you get to the playoffs, maybe that one that one off game where it's cold weather, bad inclement weather, yeah, then your defense can win you it. But I just think from a full season, keep in mind we saw with the Patriots last year a little bit. They didn't go to the Super Bowl though, did they? You know, they got they went to the playoffs, yada yada yada. So with that being said, I don't think they can sustain unless Philip Rivers ups his play a little bit. Bottom line, yeah, Philip Rivers is not playing still that good. They're three and one, sure, but he's not playing great football. Uh, last one, could the Bills be peaking too early? I thought about. They are playing so well right now. They're putting up thirty a game. Josh Allen's playing lights out. But I don't have the confidence, whether it's because it's Buffalo, and by the way, the Jags and Cleveland Browns and all those people live in that same kind of neighborhood, uh, or if it's because it's Josh Allen. If you're asking me, can Patrick Mahomes play this way all year? Can can Russell Wilson play all this way all year? Can Dak Prescott do this all year? I say, well, yeah, I've kind of seen that. I mm-hmm. think they can. I think they can do it. Josh Allen, we haven't seen this kind of Josh Allen. So I kind of am wondering, are they almost playing peaking in early October and late September where a lot of these teams say, hey, let's hit our stride later in the year. I mean, it's not a bad theory. I just think that the way they're built in the Buffalo Bills, like you have a defense right now that's definitely the you know the top half of the NFL, and obviously you have an offense right now that's very dynamic and is led with um you know Josh Allen and uh, 
Devin, is it Devin Singletary? Who's the Devin Singletary? Singletary? That's Devin. That's Stefan Diggs. Too. No, but yeah, but I was going to say, there's one Singletary in um, Chicago. It's Devin, I, 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 Singletary. Devin Singletary. Yeah. yeah. So he's starting to be uh, a little more dynamic in the past game as well. I was watching that game yesterday a little bit. Like, to me, the Buffalo Bills, maybe next to the Chiefs, and I'm throwing the Ravens out of there. I think the Chiefs and the Bills right now, they have Seattle? one thing in common. Nope, not Seattle. That's what I'm about to say. They have one thing in common. They know exactly who they are. Identity-wise, like the Chiefs, you know what you're bringing to the table. Yeah, I think the Bills know what they're bringing to the table too. They're a, they're a tough, physical team who wants to pound the rock. But then guess what? When we start pounding the rock, we switch it up a little bit, play action, digs down the middle, pick your poison, right? I think with the Seahawks, yeah, I get Russell Wilson's their identity, but to me, it's still Pete Carroll. Like th- th- that defense has to do better, in my opinion, to to be um, yeah. called your identity. So I think right now the Bills truly know what their identity is, and it's obviously having great effect. I will say this: I was flat out. I thought they gave up way too much to get Stefan Diggs. I was like, he can't be that much of a difference maker. He has been. Yeah. He has been. The first month he's been every bit of that. Yeah. It was worth it. And he has been a difference maker. I think well, he has yeah. changed their offense. He has. And he's, he's that deep ball threat. At the same case, though, I mean, the Vikings did good from that trade as well because they had Justin Jefferson now oh, yeah. who looks dang good as well. Yeah. So, both sides won. Both sides won. Uh, by the way, their trades have been working. Jan got another sack. He's got three sacks in four games. It's more than so the, some of their entire team. Yeah. So the some team. of their trades have been working out. <laughs> yeah. Now, they're still not very good. Sure. So they've got issues. Yeah. But some of those trades that they made seemingly uh, have worked out. It's really, to me, uh, you got to wonder if the Kirk Cousins stuff has worked out, right? Because Dalvin Cook's one of – it's almost like why. Justin Jefferson looking pretty good. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, one of the best runners in the league. Still have doing really well. Now, they, they're beat up a little bit in spots on defense, too. Yeah. Uh, but still, they, I feel like they should be uh, way better than they are. We'll see. Maybe they catch fire now after beating uh, the Houston Texans. I got a little question, and, and and do we have concern about the coaching? What was the two-point play? Why not go for it on other plays? Where does the coaching come in for the Jags, and, and do, do they deserve some criticism right now about everything kind of looking the same through the first month of the year? Mm-hmm. When do you have to pivot? When do you have to change? Uh, let's talk a little bit about Doug Marone, Todd Wash, and others. And analytics uh, enters the equation, uh, certainly. We'll talk a little bit about Lot J, what went on in the city today, how uh, meaningful that could be. Uh, also, uh, Major League Baseball playoffs pick back up. NBA now has a series. And we got some football tonight, Pats and Chiefs. Tonight on CBS 47, that one will kick off at 7 o'clock. Jags Report Live will move to tomorrow night because of that. So 7 o'clock, Chiefs and Jags on CBS 47. We'll be back on ESPN 690 after this. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. By the way, I watched Holly Holm. I was like 1.15 in the morning, by the way. Stayed up to watch... That fight. Yeah. Watched every second of it. Good for you, man. Do a little homework. Hey. Uh, she kicked butt. She still has it, huh? She still has it. That was actually, you know what? That was one of the more entertaining MMA fights I've seen. Oh, really? Oh, Brent, you have to set your MMA game up then, man. That, I mean, that was an okay fight, but come on. There's no, so much well, more to offer. Well, here's what I appreciated about it. Yeah. Like, I think, uh, I don't know much about MMA. Okay. Right? So I listen and I'm watching, mm-hmm. and I think, like, that looked like a tac- tic- tactician doing their their thing. Sure. Like, 
and the and the other girl couldn't do anything about it. Correct. I mean, yes. they just couldn't do it. It didn't Z- matter. Zero adjustments made at halftime. Let's no just say. adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. And, but even it didn't feel like it. It would have mattered. I mean, that was just somebody who executed their game plan to perfection. Yep. And uh, 38 years old. Man, why would you still be doing that at 38 years old? And she has one of the best nicknames of all MMA, the preacher's daughter. Preacher's daughter. daughter. I gotta thought you were going to ask me that. Yeah, I got to love that. Listen, um, a great performance by Holly Holm. We don't have to get too in-depth into it. Obviously, I don't want to bore the non-MMA community out oh, there. Bore but, Come but, on. but I'm just going to say this, though. I was impressed from one standpoint, and that was the cardio of Holly Holm. Because if you, in case you didn't notice, she was on her on her bicycle. She was moving back and circling the entire fight. They questioned so, whether she would run out of gas. Exactly, and I questioned it as well. So the way I can compare it to is this: the, the, the next time you want to see how tough and how in shape Holly Holm is. Drink, like, if you're big into coffee, drink two times the amount of coffee you usually drink to really boost up your heart rate because obviously she's got adrenaline thrown in the cage. Do that and then essentially backpedal as fast as you can, um, like in the middle of the street, like on a sidewalk, backpedal for 25 straight minutes and see how that works out for you at full speed. That's essentially what Holly Holm did the entire time. So I was more impressed um, than that uh, more than anything. Now, to be fair, her opponent – should have made a habit of maybe not letting her circle so much. I don't think they really had a game plan going into the fight. So, like, that to me, it was like you said, it was an exciting fight. It was an exciting fight. You could tell at the end, Holly Holm wanted that finish, man. She was, I mean, it was She's like going this for is Sparta it. screaming as loud as she could. I respect that. Um, I praise that. But I think her opponent, man, just whether she underestimated her or just the game plan wasn't there, but she had to cut her off one time. They, they kept on going around in a circle. It was just like. Yeah, do something else. It ain't working. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. It, it was almost like the fight was too big for her because that was a big yeah, stage for that. Big stage. Yep. The fighter, right? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, look at you doing the homework. I like well, it, man. I, 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 did, I enjoyed the fight. Yeah. I actually did. Um, thought it was pretty good. Yeah. So, anyway, Brent Morton, Austin Lane, Coos talking football, too. Doug Marone yesterday goes for two points down two touchdowns. This is a hashtag analytic question. Oh, man, don't get me started with At this, At the same time, in Detroit, Michigan, Matt Patricia, yeah. in the same situation, does the same thing. Yeah. We have seen other teams do it. In fact, I tweeted last night as I was uh, got home. I was thinking of it on my way home, so then I tweeted it. That's what I do sometimes. Sure. Tweet a lot of what I'm thinking. Uh, and I was like, I feel like yesterday had like a record amount of two-point conversion attempts or maybe even makes. And the I, the I haven't Eagles seen had that one? yet. Yeah, I mean, they're everywhere. Eagles, the Cowboys had three in a row at one time. Correct. The Jags tried, of course. Uh, Detroit tried. I think I feel like I saw more than ever before. And yeah. obviously here in Jacksonville, it was a conversation point. It's one of those moments like, what are you doing? And I well, understand. One second. The Cowboys, I understand, because what oh, did no, Mike McCarthy they, preach? I mean, analytics, analytics, analytics. So I got the Cowboys Well, and they were down by a now, million. Please continue. Yeah, yeah. So what, were you, what was your thought when they did it? The Jags down by two touchdowns, and all of a sudden they're going for two. I said honeybees sting. That's what I said <laughs> in my tweet, because, listen, <laughs> I, was, I was that um, <laughs> I was that taken aback by, okay? Because I'm going to be honest with you. Like, you had some momentum going, right? You just scored a touchdown. I'm like, all right, kick the extra point. Let's go back, and let's get another score here. Let's tie it up. And that's not what took part. Now, listen, analytics, I don't know. Analytics, to me, 
you you can shape anything and try to make it work for you. But here is my issue with that call. Now I get it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. If they make the two point conversion, am I celebrating? Maybe. But here's what I here's what's wrong with it, and here's why I disagreed with that call to go for the two point conversion. You want to say that you're watching the analytics right now, right? And you want to say that your team's all about analytics. But if that's the case, you guys chose to receive to open the kickoff. Now, whatever you think about your defense, so-and-so, what do the analytics say about when you win the coin toss to defer to the second half? Check those analytics. And if you want to get even more in-depth, and if you want to be an analytical team, what did the analytics say about Calais Campbell last year and his ability to stop the run? Did Pro Football Focus say he was the best, I'm sorry, the best defensive tackle in the entire NFL of stopping the run? But those analytics don't work? So to me, if you're going to be an analytical team and rely on it, then go all in and rely on it. But don't just pick and choose here, here, and here of when to use it. And that's where my frustration stems from. It's a great call. I didn't even think of the personnel part of oh, it. Oh, don't worry, man. I slept on this the entire night, Brent. I was yeah. fuming. That's a good It's a good call, though. I mean, if you're in analytics, do you have to be all in or all out? You know, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, the, the New York Yankees, I believe, fired Joe Girardi yeah. and got Aaron Boone yeah. because they want to be more analytical driven. And, yeah. and I don't think Girardi, quite frankly was willing to do that. Yep. He wanted to use this mix. And and I believe maybe you do need a mix at times. I think the gut part of it is still important. I do. Um, I think the common sense part of it is sometimes important. And that's why in that spot, I question the two-point conversion. I understand what the analytics say. I believe I do. I mean, I don't know exactly what they say. But my guess is that card says you score on a two-point conversion 48 to 50% of the time, and in the way the kicks are now, they're 33 uh, yards away, so you might yeah. miss, and you do the math on that, and if you score one out of every, if you score the first time, all you need is a kick to win the game, and the second time, like, it's like, I get the thinking, but what they don't take into consideration is the emotion, and the psyche, yeah. and how many times have we seen Jason Myers over the years when he was here? Jags would score a touchdown, bam, he missed the kick, and it's almost deflate you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And and while people won't say, oh, yeah, well, we do have deflate it and we end up losing because we missed an extra. They don't say that, but it happens. It happens subconsciously. My guess is yesterday in Cincinnati, when they made that de- decision to go for two and they missed the decision, 50 guys on that sideline were like, why did we just do that? Correct. Like, what? why did we do that? Like, not saying, Coach, you're a moron, like mm-hmm. probably the rest of Jacksonville was trying to say at the time. Mm-hmm. But why did we do that? Mm-hmm. Like, that's – and so just the even doubt of why did we just do that takes you a little bit off your momentum and the emotion of the moment and then trying to come back. And and let's, let's be perfectly honest. The Jags defense didn't look like it was going to stop anybody. Anyway, it didn't stop anybody. Well, well maybe that was a, a kind of a nod to them as well, saying, you know what, we got to go for two because I, we had to try to win this game because our defense can't stop anyone. I guess, but you still have to get the ball back one way or another. Well, and you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I agree with you here, Brent. I'm wholeheartedly with you here. So, but I think you bring up a greater point. It's like if you're going to be all in on the analytics like that, and if you're going to play that, that seems so unorthodox, which a lot of things do seem unorthodox now in sports because of analytics, and we have to kind of train ourselves, then why didn't they go for it on fourth and two and they kicked the 48-yard field goal instead? Mm -hmm. My guess is the analytics say on that side of the field, fourth and two is a pretty good play. Maybe just as good of a play as bringing a guy you've never met kick a 48-yard field goal, especially early in the game on the road. Correct. Why didn't they maybe go for it at the end of the first half, fourth and one, when they had everybody reeling and they were obviously driving the ball? 
Uh, maybe analytics says, hey, kick the field goal, get, go take the lead in the halftime. But maybe it doesn't. We don't have the card. Like, we don't know what the card says. But why doesn't in some of those circumstances, and to your point, maybe even in personnel stand. So you, you have to – are you all in or are you, are you out yeah. on the analytics stuff? And that would be – I don't well, understand why they went for two there and didn't go for it early in the game on fourth and two. I kind of understand why they didn't go for it on fourth and one. They wanted points. That was bonus that they got down that far. Sure. And so you go kick a field goal. I actually thought they should have ran another play instead of spiking it. But uh, they they kicked the field goal. That's fine. But the fourth and two early in the game, if you juxtapose that with what they did with the two-point conversion later in the game, to me it doesn't add up. Well, and also what do the analytics say when you have the ball like at the two-yard line and you want to pass it in the end zone to Chris Conley? You know, on that fade or whatever that was, right? Instead of running the ball in. You know what I'm talking about? There was that one play where they got towards the end, uh, down the end zone. Um, I can't remember what quarter. You would... Basically, I remember saying, like, why are you throwing a fade when you can run the ball in? Like yeah, Robinson? yeah. I forgot when that was. But listen, we're on the same page here. Because that field goal, I got it. Okay, go ahead and get your points. I understand that point. But then that two-point conversion, I walked away after that. And regardless of if they would have made it or not, even before the ball was snapped, I'm like, this is not who you guys are right now. Like, this is this is not you. I, I I don't know what you guys are doing, but this isn't you. This isn't what I'm accustomed to seeing. Now, yeah, it's cool to maybe branch out and be a new person and say, hey, this is the new Jaguar. Check us out. But it's not your identity, and it's not who you are. And to echo the point one more time, if you want to be all in analytics, then be all in analytics. But don't dip your toe in the pool here or there and say, well, let's try it here. No, because you don't win football like that. Yeah, and I'll add one more too. The one time at the like the time at the end of the game, at the end of that game as well. They weren't going to come back and win, but you got to kick the field goal with like 30 seconds to go. Yeah. You don't wait till 12. Yeah. And and so these are things that you know what it feels like to me. It feels like at times they're just grasping and reaching. And to your point about the coin toss, although I I was one of those that think they should have. Yeah. You got to mix something up. Whether you send eight people to the house on three plays in a row because you don't do it, or you pick heads or tails differently or take the ball. Sometimes you just have to mix it up to mix it up. I believe in that. But yeah. But if you add up all those plays, it felt like a little bit yesterday that Doug's just grabbing for something because, man, I got to try to say it's something to work. No, I mean, listen, I think it, it's, it's a but lack of dangerous. desperation. I'm trying to make something new work. I agree with you there. Whether it's a coin toss, whether it's a two-point conversion, that's fine. But then if that's really the case right now, and you're trying to grab at straws and say, you know what, this little coin right here, that's a quarter, if they flip it and it lands a certain way, we're going to win the ball game. If you're thinking like that, maybe it's time to sit down and have a real conversation with yourself and say, if we're relying on a coin toss to dictate our outcome, how good is this team right now? <laughs> I mean, is this not football? And we're worried about a coin? Yeah. Cool. That's Analytics. The analytics, man. Hey, when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little college football, but I've got one more thought, at least as it relates to the Jags and also in the city. Lot J, what did you think about that today? Will it happen? Won't it happen? A quick thought or two on that. A little more football NFL style and uh, some thoughts on the Gators and Dogs because this could get really fun in Jacksonville in about a month. It's coming up on ESPN 690.